episode 36, a podcast about what to eat, watch, read, and listen to. I'm Eric. I'm Jason. Santos. What's the word? The word is, um, yesterday was summer and today is fall. For sure. And, I mean, I'm fr- it's freezing. I kind of like it. You know, I've got like a like nice hoodie collection here that I like to... Yeah, man. I like sweater weather. I like hoodie weather. I do too. You know, obviously, you're always like... Now's the day where every day you wake up and you're just like dreading the onset of Minnesota winter. Yeah. But it's it's kind of like bittersweet because you're just, I just love, it's like the most beautiful time of the year. I it's think. the best. Fall is the greatest. You just hope for it to go nice and long. And, and I just got scared because it got so cold so fast. Right. Like, yeah, leaves started dropping pretty quick this year. Real quick. It's really cold immediately. Like, I don't, is it, it's 50 out right now. That feels. Yeah, it's still going to be in the oh. 70s this week, though. It doesn't feel like Fuck it, that's it. for sure. That's but. what I like, yeah. But, yeah, man, I'm psyched for fall. Baseball is right where it needs to be. My team is – the Sox are about – hopefully tonight we'll see they're playing right now. So they're hopefully going to clinch the division. Seriously? Yeah. And looking to have the best record in the American League to – they're they're already in the playoffs. Is there so. such a thing as fantasy baseball? Like, do you fuck with fantasy sports? <laughs> fuck no. Are you shitting me, man? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, I like, just got to tell you, I normally don't either, but I, I think I might have told you last year I got suckered into this neighborhood thing. And um, first of all, they make me care about it because if you lose in our league, you get a license plate holder for your car that says I lost in my fantasy football league. Really? And there's no way in hell I'm putting that on my car. No. You know me. I fucking love my car. Yeah, you're not putting that and on I your car. And I take a lot of pride in yes, how my car looks. Yes, so you do. I will that would not, suck on you. will yeah. not. All right, so but, you uh, have no choice. Fortunately so. for me, I'm 3-0 and so far. I am at the top of the no league. Oh shit. Yeah. No, huh. thanks to Odell Beckham Jr. Who yeah, like right. Cried and threw a fit on the sidelines this last. Lame. Unfortunately, I've got just some like no name guys that I've never even heard of. I, the thing that I like about it is I don't even have to watch the games. Like the ESPN Fantasy Football app is so good; it's crazy. It yeah, tells me pretty much what to do when I'm drafting. Like I don't even need to know that much about football. It's not what fantasy's done for for sports. It's crazy. Like, I mean, and I don't, I, I'm woefully, like, Ill, you know, ill informed about fantasy leagues. I've done, I did a couple times at work, everybody else did, and I, and I can't, I can't keep up with that shit. I'm not fucking, like, I, if I'll just put it on autopilot or something to make sure you yank off whoever's injured and cram somebody else in there, like, I don't care, you know, but I'm not keeping up with that shit. I don't, I, I can't, and especially baseball. I mean, can you imagine? 162 games like you got to be shitting me yeah that's insane oh my god yeah and pl- i mean football obviously is the biggest one people get you know insane and people are are also in multiple leagues too like right you got your work league your friend league your bar league or whatever you know what i mean i know my brother-in-law matt like he's he's always got like and he's a he's a full junkie like full like fantasy football junkie. So the biggest thing for fantasy football um fans on cable TV has been the NFL network where you can um the red zone rather. Um right. where you just see every team that's in the red zone and is about to score 
and they just have a ticker that's all fantasy shit. So right. you can just watch. It's amazing that how much how much time is dedicated to like the fantasy people now. It's amazing. It, yeah, it's nuts. It's so. nuts. Yeah, I could give a rat's ass. I, I'm ready to see Red Sox like clean house, but that's enough. That's fantasy enough for yeah. me. So uh, we have some big podcast related news. Oh, I don't know. If talk you to know. me. We have our second ever review on iTunes. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Thank you to the listener from Minnesota who uh, took our um, took our pleas from last episode seriously and left a review. Uh, it's you know it's it's gratifying to hear from people out there and it helps other people find the podcast. So. Um, I want to issue a review challenge to our faithful listeners out there. Nice. If we can get to 20 reviews, which I think is pretty doable. 20. If we can get to 20 reviews on iTunes. Uh, and if you listen to us on iTunes, there's a simple shortcut. If you right click on the, the podcast, the name of the podcast with the icon, you can, you can go directly. There's a little thing that says, go to this podcast in iTunes. So it's a shortcut, one click to get to the iTunes page where you can submit a review. If we get to 20 reviews, I'm going to commission one of the designers we know. And Jason and I work with a lot of really, really talented graphic designers. We do. They do kick-ass work for some of the top brands in the world. I'm going to commission one of them to create an amazing, good-looking-out T-shirt. And I'm going to send it to everyone who submitted a review. Very cool. Very cool. Nice. So please right click, motherfuckers. Right click. Go to iTunes. We want to hear from you. We want to know where you're listening from. Please submit a review. Yeah. Dude, and and I mean, drop feel free to drop a turd. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> this isn't like Yeah, we want you to be honest. Yeah. We're we're not looking for anyone to kiss our asses here. Yeah, exactly. I mean I want to hear more of this, I want to hear less of this. Yeah. More of Santos, less of Santos. Yeah, Santos I mean, needs let's... to clean up his filthy sailor's mouth. Watch. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can go straight to hell. That's your shit. So, what are we, what are we drinking here? You got a nice glass of whiskey for me. Uh, this is, um, we are sweet. Uh, back to, I just uh, grabbed the first thing out of the cabinet here. It's um, that hedonism. Blended oh, whiskey from Compass Box from Compass that we tried Box. a few episodes back. Yeah. yeah. It's really nice. And a steal for the, the price. Compass Box I just saw in... That fucking thing is unbelievable. In my news, they continue to sort of like shake up the whiskey world. They're doing a three-year blended whiskey. Kind of like... Three-year? Yeah. Going against the, the like, <laughs> you know... You I need love to it. age a whiskey for a ton of time in order for it to be good. So I think they they're, have come up with this really amazing whiskey that's like only a three-year whiskey. So I'm curious to try it. I think I'm going to try to find it. Oh yeah, yeah. I definitely want to try and find that. And then this uh, thing's unbelievable. Yeah, it's good, right? Holy shit! Yeah, really sweet hedonism. And obviously, there's no like sugar in it. Yeah. So what do we? What do we? How do you want to get started here, man? Um, I got some shit. You got some shit. We don't really have like a so now that I. So I just want to say quickly, I don't want to dwell on it for too long because we've talked about it a little bit last episode and Kai and I hadn't finished, I think, or it hadn't even, I don't even know if the finale had aired yet last time we did an episode, but I wanted to touch on the night of really quick. Oh yeah. Let's. So there's something there's, I 
So people are freaking out over this show, obviously, you being one of them, about how Correct. amazing this thing is. And I have to say, now that I've watched the whole thing, I think it's good. I don't think it's great. My final assessment is, like, I there's a couple things about it that bugged me that kept it from, like, notching up into, like, the territory of great for me. Really? Huh. Well, Jesus, man. I feel like the weird little affair between the lawyer and the guy in the jail cell was like just a little too over the top. Huh? Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. He's a very, he's charismatic and yeah, like, and she was a little bit broken and I don't know. I mean, and that's, that's, I mean, that's not going to make me, it turn on, on it just the, felt like it felt like too convenient for the plot i guess yeah, that's it, fair it bugged me a little bit that's that's fair that was a minor thing my and granted it's funny because this is something that, something that i don't like in fiction and i don't like in a narrative story but i fully acknowledge that this is probably more often than not how it actually happens in real life i didn't like that the the suspect the like true suspect came out of nowhere. We'd never seen this guy, never heard him talk to like all of a sudden it just kind of like popped up out of nowhere. This blind thing. It felt uh-huh. a little too like we've been being fed these red herrings this whole time. And we've invested a lot of time exploring this like stepfather and these other people and this guy and the, and like, but no, like those were all, Hand waving, and there's this actually this guy over here, and he but didn't felt, show up until was he the second to last episode? Yeah, or maybe introduced slightly in the in the third to last potentially, so or maybe even six? in the last episode. I think it might have even been at the beginning of the last episode when that got the detective goes back and he starts reviewing the tapes, and there's something, and he goes and pulls footage. Because he sees her looking back. That's the first time he notices she looks back before she gets in the cab. And she has this look on her face. And he zeroes in and is like, oh, okay. She's actually running from someone when she gets in this cab. And then yeah. he goes and pulls footage from another camera that they hadn't pulled before. Or farther back in, in the evening. There was another tie, though, back from that suspect to another character that we'd been introduced to earlier, I think. Wasn't there? I don't know. It just kind of came out of nowhere. This, it, it did. This guy who'd been like embezzling money from her. And it's just like it all, it felt like a little too. And granted, let's tie it we're, up. And we're watching a show, not a book. And Richard Price tends to write these really. And granted, he, I think he wrote this for HBO, but yeah. Um, it just felt a little too. It felt like the suspect equivalent of Deus Ex Machina or something to me. All right. I so mean, that it bugged me. That bugged me a little bit. I can hear that too. I mean, like it is. It it is very convenient, isn't it? To like just kind of come in and clean it up with this this guy. I mean, I I will say I did appreciate that they didn't they didn't like nab that guy, you know, or whatever. Like right. So I I'll give them some points for realism, but there's still something that like, and like I said, it's. It's almost like I can't quite put my finger on what bugged me about it. It just bugged me. And it kept me from like being like, wow, that it was blow away. Huh. Interesting. Well, thanks for fucking ruining it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the That's casting. what I'm here for. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> casting. Unbelievable, right? I mean. Yeah. Speaking of which, it's hard to imagine James Gandolfini in that John Turturro role. I didn't. I, there's. 
Yeah. He's obviously capable. Like, the guy had in pretty broad range, actually. He had but pretty physically, good range. It just seems like... He didn't have, it's, he didn't have John Turturro range. No. It's hard to imagine, after seeing John Turturro in that role, someone else doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nearly impossible. I mean, you know, Gandolfini had... He, he did not have John Turturro range at all. Yeah, and I really can't picture him in that role. Um, it's certainly, as you say, after watching Totoro do it, because he's so, like, manic. He's he's so crazy. He's such a nut. And But it's a lot of layers in that character. Right. Which Gandolfini is, you know, he was capable of, for sure. But, you know, even in, like, you know, the drop, like, it still yeah. just felt like a, a Gandolfini character. For sure. The, the thing about Totoro feels like kind of... There's a least likely hero aspect to him because physically he's 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 slight he's slight and he yeah. feels like slight you know diminished. So in that character, it feels like he's this neurotic guy who has all these like gross things because of his like physical ailments and all this stuff. And it just feels like if you applied the same thing to someone like Gandolfini, it wouldn't have the same impact because he still has this physical stature. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's it's hard to imagine it being the being the same, but I'm such an enormous John Turturro fan yeah. too. Like I mean deep to play that part and the Jesus from Right? In the Mac, Big Lebowski. Like yeah. Mac I, that movie I love. And he has played like tough guy roles where he's played Yeah. Was it like there was a movie like King of New York or something like that where he actually he tries he there are Maybe it's like King of New York, but there's another movie where he does play like a legitimate hard gangster. And then there's, of course, Do the Right Thing, where he plays this mm-hmm. sort of like racist, more like hard ass sort of Brooklynite guy. Yep. And he and there's um he plays like the super ultra straight guy in Box of Moonlight. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah. Um, like super like stuffy. I love that movie. I haven't right. seen that in years. Have you seen Qu- Quiz Show? Um, He's really good in Quiz Show. He plays more a role similar to this in Quiz Show. I, I can't remember. This, is like, that about sort the of neurotic? It's about the like um, rigging the of scam? The, the Quiz Shows. Yeah. I think I did see that. Yeah, and it's got Rafe Fines. Yeah, I did see that. I don't really remember it though. It's the like polished blue blood hero that everyone yeah. wants to win. Right. Feels like that movie feels more. Um, like oh current than ever, right. more of the times than ever with like how much corruption and weird shit there is happening in politics. <laughs> no shit, right? I know. Not to mention like corporate America, which is yeah, crazy. So what else have you been? <sighs> you know, Night of is in the books. What else have you been watching? Night of. Um, I haven't been watching um a ton of stuff lately. Um, I've been trying to just like get. I, I was traveling so much, I missed out on a lot of baseball. So I've been trying to catch up and just spend some time with the team and watch some baseball. So I've been watching that a lot. Um, I've been uh, listening to a lot of music lately. Um, one of the picks I wanted to talk about actually is a new, there's a couple of good new releases um, in the last few weeks. Uh, the the best one uh, easily is the new Nick Cave record. Hmm. Um, 
And this is the record that's about his son? Um, yeah. His son's death? The, yeah. It it, it's, it, well, yeah. I mean, it's heavily influenced. He, he, his son died while he, while they were recording slash writing the record. So, right. yeah, so heavily, heavily influenced by the death of his son. And for anybody who doesn't know, his son um, died last spring. He he was he has twin sons or had um so one of the sons was fifteen, he ate a ton of acid and he fell off a cliff. Walked um, off a cliff or yeah, fell off, yeah. Yeah, whatever it was. Um so I mean he was fifteen, so just a soul crushing yeah, thing Jesus. for a guy who, you know, already is not known for his like yeah, Jolly temperament. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're like, oh my God, that's having a fucking Nick Cave. Of course it does. You know? Um, but you know, you see, you see how Nick Cave reacts to it as opposed, and this is not, Christ, this is a slippery slope, but oh God, what a terrible fucking pun. <laughs> Holy shit, that is so bad. Oh my God. All right. Well, fuck it. I'm in it already. I was going to say, you see how a guy like Nick Cave fucking reacts to like a terrible loss like this. And then you look at fucking Eric Clapton. Yeah. No you know kidding. what I mean? And you're like, oh, Jesus, dude. How, how come it wasn't you that fell out of the fucking window? Like, it, it, like the kid at least hadn't done anything wrong. You look at you. This is what you write after that? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Tears from heaven? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? You're in cream, motherfucker. Like you, you owe the you are responsible for you have a greater responsibility than fucking tears from heaven. Anyway, not to rag on Clapton, but this record. Well, I mean, Nick Cave is a rare person who sort of has maintained um the same sort of aesthetic integrity throughout his career. Like a lot of people, if you look at even the arc of someone like a Paul McCartney, he gets more mainstream, more sort of pop. In broad appeal as they go along. And that's obviously true of a lot of actors and a lot of writers and many more musicians. Uh, The rare person like a David Bowie or Nick Cave who stays like sort of out there. A true artist. true to this sort of more original aesthetic vision that they came up with. God damn it. You know, and it's unfortunate because it's – I see it happening – as I'm, I, we talked about like a few episodes. I think I was like railing on the Peter Gabriel concert that I right. see. Like it's to see it happen to like one of my heroes. You're just like, oh my god, fucking seriously. I mean, it's almost like a force as inevitable as gravity, but God, almost yeah. And, and he, speaking of which, he has a new song that just was released a couple of weeks ago. I, I'm, you know, I I see the it come through the fan club or whatever. I'm like, oh my god, fucking finally. And then I see the details and it's like written for Snowden for the film. And it's so like, like just fucking straight ahead. There's no layers in it whatsoever. It's like just so obviously written for Snowden in talking about like, in with zero allegory or metaphor, like like on the nose, it's so on the nose, like talking about like, they, you did this, and you passed information, and they made a criminal out of you, and you're just like, oh my Jesus god, dude, are Christ. you fucking kidding me? Have you lost? You lost it sort all. Of like metaphor, subtlety, or it's uh, such a bummer. Um, but back to the Nick Cave record, just to um, kind of close loop on that. Anybody, if you're 
a Nick Cave, even if you're not a Nick Cave fan, I would say this is actually, and, and you've been curious about him. This is a really great place to start. Um, it's been his most, um, this record has um, sold more records than any of his others in the initial releases. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, well. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. So it debuted higher on the Billboard charts than any other record is what I was trying to say. Hmm. So it debuted at like 15 on the Billboard charts. Um which he's oh, never done. There's a lot of pent up demand because this is his first record in eleven years. Um, the last record was um, "Push the Sky Away," and that was in 2007. So, oh, how many? How, yeah, it's something yeah. like nine years or something. I think it was 2007. Right. Um, I, I still have to say I think. Um, Murder Ballads, which obviously wasn't his last record, but the promotional poster for that had the most genius tagline ever, which was like Murder Ballads, 13 songs that all end the same. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 61 people die on that record. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's they all in the same. It's cool. I never, I never noticed that. Um, so there was a, a documentary um, in true Nick Cave style. Um, that ran for one night. So the record was released on September 9th, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And his friend, um, Andrew Dominic, who's also from Melbourne, right. he, he directed the, uh, the, the Jesse James movie. Um, yeah. Assassination, the assassination Jesse of James Jesse by James. the coward but, Robert Ford, which, by the way, is like an underappreciated, completely genius film. Oh. Oh my God, it's so good. I mean, if you're someone who needs a plot driven, like diehard esque movie, it's not the film for you, but I think it's a masterpiece. It is, Casey Affleck is amazing in that movie. It is a masterpiece. I mean, Brad Pitt is also awesome in that movie. Um, it's an atmospheric masterpiece. Yeah. There's a, a lot of good performances, but, you know, Casey Affleck, who I think is also an underappreciated actor. Oh, yeah, I love him. Um, definitely, as Robert Ford in that movie. So good. So good. So same guy um, directed a documentary um, about the recording of this record. um, And he, he, he's friend. He's been friends with Nick Cave for some time. um, And when he learned about the death of his son, he was like, you know, Nick Cave really was, he was like, well, how the fuck now I'm recording this record. He's like, I'm going to have to go. Like, even though he puts out his own records, he, you know, he doesn't have a record label. He, he bankrolls all of his own records. Mm-hmm. He's the real deal indie. Um, he's like, I still have to do the promotional tour. Right. And he's like, and I'm, how am I going to sit across the table from a journalist and talk about the death of my son? I can't do it. Right. So fuck it. We're going to make a movie, a documentary about us recording this record. And, um, it, it ran for one night. It ran on September 8th, the night before the record was released. And that's it. You can see the, you can see the trailer, um, and it may be released as a couple of like music videos cause they, they run through some, the, the record, um, and they play it live, hmm. but, um, pretty kind of a cool alternate way to, to launch For a sure. record and in, in the record itself, I just can't say enough about it. Um, good shit. So great. Yeah. So check that one yeah, out. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of his older stuff and I love the murder ballad stuff. And- oh, you know, some of the, I'm a, a little bit of a dilettante and late to the party on Nick Cave. So I 
you know, like select there's famous tracks that I know mostly sure. because like I've either either heard them on soundtracks, you know, like or at the Peaky Blinders has done a lot for you know, oh. they played a lot of Nick Cave music on that show. That's right, actually, yeah. Um the theme song the theme song Red is Right same. Hand. Yeah. Nick Cave song and um, you know, Johnny Cash covering Nick Cave was like introduced me to that song. So cool, um, yeah. Did um did you ever get into the Dig Lazarus Dig record? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's very So I've kind of gone back cool. and listened to more of that stuff and Yeah. A, I mean, it's great. All it's just, really good. This is his 16th record with the Bad Seeds. God, that's amazing. That's a lot of fucking records. For sure. A lot. He's had a really good career. Yeah, oh god. And it, he's obviously written books and he did a movie. Yeah. Um about like I love sort of that like movie. a the yeah. out, the, in the Outback, yeah, um, sort of like uh, wide, wide, uh, open version of like the Western American sort of movie. How have we not talked about this movie? This that movie fucking kills me. I've seen that movie ten times, um, and I st- and like it's one that I save for like. The fuck is the name of it? For Thanksgiving, you just watch it on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Get the family together. Here. <laughs> you should do a double feature with that and uh, Jesse James. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. B- both those cruel crowd pleasers. Both those <laughs> fucking. I won't have to cook. Nobody's gonna want to eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wrote the screenplay. He wrote the yeah. score. Yeah. Um, that guy's a fucking talent. Yeah, it's amazing. God, we're going to have to come back to that movie because that one, that's a super important movie for me. So I've got to tell you, Mr. Lover of documentaries, that yeah. uh, I watched a documentary I've been meaning to watch for a long time on Netflix called Cartel Land. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is stunning. I've started it three times. So here's the deal. Um, it's a documentary about, uh, as everyone knows, obviously, like the cartels, there's massive corruption depending on, you know, there's flare-ups and different conflict in different parts of Mexico at different times, different states. This focuses on one state where there's recently been some turmoil and the people just get, like, completely fed up uh, because they're... The cartels try to control a lot of the avocado and lime production. And this is a state that... um, I'm blanking on the exact name. Like, I want to say it's Michoacan, but it's not. Okay. It's a different state. Um... And a lot of times these cartels will change over, and in the changeover, like, there's a, a lot of bloody fighting, and the people who had been sort of kind of backing, um, or, like, at least had accepted the sort of presence of one cartel, then all this changes over, and this new cartel has to, like, reassert their power and, like, domination over the people, so... They went and, like, killed all these people at this avocado, like, slaughtered everyone, including, like, young kids... Uh, women. So basically it was like so egregious and disgusting that the people decided they were just going to rise up and they can't count on the police, the right. military or any members of the government. Cause they're all in the pockets of the cartel. So there's this guy who's a doctor who sort of leads this people's revolution and sort of forms this people's militia and army. And that's what happens at the beginning of the documentary. And you sort of watch the arc of sort of what happens from them Sort of like, uh, I hate to make this comparison, but like, in fact, I'm not going to make it. I'm just say guerrilla warfare style. They just like start to take over these towns again and they arm 
as they move through, they arm the townspeople and like sort of draft them into this militia and this people's army. And they just keep moving through town. Like, yeah, that's back right. Territory taking back okay. territory. Yeah. I was going to say like ISIS style, but you know, it's obviously a completely different thing. Cause they're yeah. fighting for the people and working for the people as opposed to like, you know, yeah. To, yeah. Um, anyway, I, it's an absolutely fascinating documentary. Cause you start to see, uh, without spoiling it too much, like the arc of as this guy starts to gain power, like people in his organization start to fall to like a similar sort of corruption. Yeah, that's actually yeah, I did get that far into it where I did see that um I remember him being villainized um and just like and questioned for like cause didn't did he have like some kind of outfit that he wore? Like Am I making, is that in my head? I thought he had like some kind of. A little bit. He has like a second in command called Papa Smurf. That was it. That Papa Smurf. Yes. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. 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 So anyways, for anyone who isn't familiar, this is like a completely eye opening. I mean, I think we all hear to a certain extent about the violence and things that are happening in Mexico and the cartels, but um, this is completely eye opening into the, like the detail and what it's actually like day to day and. Your daughter's, like, anyone who has a daughter is just, like, your daughter's, like, susceptible to being raped and killed at any moment. My God. By these cartel motherfuckers. So, I mean, Uh, this is, like, true evil. It it is true evil and greed. Just, yeah. So, anyways, absolutely fascinating. The other thing that I've been watching and really loving, just to touch on real quick, is... um, the uh, new show that's out on FX, I've actually been watching it through iTunes. Uh, you can buy the whole season in HD on iTunes. I have a subscription. Uh, Atlanta. Have you seen this? Atlanta? Yeah. Childish Gambino. Um, yeah. The, it's, I, I, yeah. How is that? It's really good. Really? I think, it's, I think it's, it's not in the same way that Girls isn't a comedy. You know, it's like a dramedy. It's similar yeah. to that, but I think it's really funny. Huh. And really well written. Yeah? Uh, yes. I think it's really well FX, done. FX, you say? Yeah, it's FX, but like I said, I'm watching it through iTunes. I yep. just watched it on my... through. I bought it through Amazon. I'm watching it on my iPad through the Amazon video. Okay. Player. Just new episodes pop up right there. It's like... I would, you know, similar to the same way I watch Baskets. Right. I no real... I don't... I'm not, I cut the cord so I don't have a subscription to FX. It's yeah. almost like, besides, it's when it says FX at the beginning of the episode, like I have no relationship to, to the where network. the show comes from. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, but it's really, really well done. Um, written by, um, uh, God, I was blanking this guy's last name because it, like, his name, his last name is Glover, and I get like oh. Danny Glover's thing. Right. Land. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, Obviously not Danny Glover, but um, this guy who's, he's the protagonist. It's about him and his cousin kind of struggling. His cousin has this like hit song, uh, who's this like really atypical guy that you would think of as like a star rapper. Um, His cousin has this breakout single on a mixtape and it's about him and his cousin trying to like make their way to him actually getting famous in the Atlanta hip hop scene. Right. Um. And he writes it all. He pl- plays like this leads to what, like one of the lead characters. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely right. Absolutely amazing. Okay. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Yep. All right. 
And he used to write for Thirty Rock and um, oh. Parks and Rec, I think. And he's oh, really? For okay, a lot so a of seasoned. really major comedies. And then he has his own hip hop career as Childish Gambino. Okay. Huh. All right. Atlanta. It's really good. I think you would really like it. FX. All right. And it's getting like massive critical buzz and Is acclaim. It? Yeah. Really? So. Um, well, that sounds like something kind of light and fun. That, Oh, yeah. It's half-hour comedy, so love, like, you, you take out the commercials and you're at like 22 yeah, minutes. Dude, or whatever, love, so. love. I just finished a, um, a series, a half-hour comedy series, um, the latest Jody Hill, Danny McBride joint. Completely brilliant. It, okay, I, yeah. <laughs> so fucking good. It's really good, right? Um, what's his name who played Shane on um, yeah. The Shield? He's yeah, brilliant. He's I mean, great. Danny McBride is good, of course, as always. But yeah, um, pairing him up with it's such an God, awkward. What is that guy's name? He has a weird name. That he's guy. in Westworld too. Is he? Yeah, I, I mean, I only saw him in the trailer. Um, it's gonna bug me now. I gotta look up that, those fucking teeth. Name. Oh my god! Oh, so we're talking about Vice Principals, um, uh, the latest uh, HBO series from. Jody Hill and, and Dana McBride, who did Eastbound and Down, which um, Eric and I are both fucking the huge In the foot fist fans. way. <laughs> In the foot fist way. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So fucking good. So good. And Dana McBride, I just fucking love. Because like, I feel like I... Like, Walton Goggins. Oh, that's him. Walton Goggins, which is such a great name. I should be able to remember that, <laughs> such but it's such a, a weird name. name. He I was know. amazing on Justified, too. Yeah. As, like, the antagonist on Justified or whatever. Yeah. It was really good, Vice Principals. Oh, my God. So good. Really good. So weird. So and fucking off the wall, man. I have to give it to him to do something that feels like connected yet somehow an evolution of the things that he had been doing and that's yeah and and that was his very much his goal you know because he knows that people um know him from eastbound and down and that that had some following you know he gotten some acclaim for that so we wanted to do he didn't want to you know lose those people but he also had to do something new um so yeah so (laughs) Victor is so great. But yeah, the Walter Gaggins character, like, is all of the just the weird quirks in, in their personal lives. Like his mother in law oh is God. fucking so good, man. Yeah. That show's so brilliant. Funny. There's so many like subtle nuances that make it so great. Did you see the last episode? Uh yeah, I watched the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. I um mean, it's fucking fun. Or I should say, at least I th- I thought that I saw it all. Does it the last thing I saw was the, their cars being set on fire. Yeah. Okay, that's it. That, that's that was it. the season finale. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the guy, speaking of which, the guy who plays the um, the principal, the black principal's husband, is the guy who plays Paperboy, the breakout rapper in Atlanta. No shit. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like, I was like, that guy. Like, funny. It's one of those things where you start. Like you see that guy everywhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Um, and he's he's really good. Oh, in that's cool. Atlanta too. So that's cool. <laughs> that show, man, it's a fucking laugh. And Danny McBride, he's a funny motherfucker, man. He's yeah, good. he's good. He's mastered the ability to make like make you uncomfortable by having a character be really like revolting, but not push it so far that you lose sympathy for the character. Oh, you always, he always yeah. like reels you back in at oh, just yeah. the exact moment. Yep. Yep. 
he, he, that's exactly that's a that's really well put. Yeah, and he does the like it goes right to the edge. It's almost like this this character's like weird quirks or ignorance that like, but he like always like comes through in the. And I love that guy, um, the guy who plays the new husband who is into motocross. That, oh yeah. He's he's a really great actor actually as well. He was in this movie called All the Real All the Real Girls. That was oh. a breakout indie thing. It was like the first movie that like what's her name? That woman who sings all those songs with those fucking indie guys and was oh, in the, God. like Zoe the new girl fucking... Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. yeah. It was like the that was the movie that made put Zoe Deschanel on the map, all the real girls. Really good independent film. Huh. Um That's cool. It's yeah. a good character. Yeah. Uh, his characters are very well developed. Yeah, that's true. He's always got like the, um, the dude who played Saul from Deadwood played his brother, like sort of more of the straight character. Yeah, John. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that guy, um, John. Fuck, what's that guy's name? That guy's awesome. Oh my god, are you kidding? He's a really great actor. Yeah. He's in something coming out that looks really dark and weird. Yeah, he's. I think he's at his best when he does that dark shit. How, how fucking... He was really good in uh, Winter's Bone. Winter's Bone, I think, is like, one of his greatest roles. Yeah. Martha Macy, Martha <laughs> May, he was whatever in that. the fuck. Did you see that? The, the, I, the cult movie? No. He was the cult leader. That's a killer movie. Oh, no, I It's got the that. other Olsen twin, whatever. Oh, Not yeah. that I know what the first fucking Olsen twin is, but well, it's got one Well, she's the only the Olsen who's... Like Elizabeth Olsen is her name, right? I don't know. There's, yeah, there's she's two in of like, them. But there's, there's two of them, and I guess there's no, she, one that's in everything, and then no, this is no, the no, other no, 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 no. No. I'm fucking this all up. You are totally fucking this up. <laughs> there's the twins, and then she's a younger sister. Oh, the okay. twins are like <laughs> the twins are they're like the off person. the map at this point. Oh, okay, you know they're like go they're on just, do their thing, and then she's like now a movie star. Okay. It's like so she's way younger than them. Up. She's so, like yeah, you're eight right. or ten years younger than them, and now she's in like yeah, those Avengers, are... and you know oh, she's in all these independent films. She's all doing that. all this shit. Yeah, yeah, but that Martha Macy, Marcy May. Yeah, there's no. She's not Mary Kate <laughs> and Ashley. She's she's got down here. You, yeah. yeah. All right. Gotcha. She like. Saw their cautionary tale and so far has steered clear of that, whatever that mess was. I mean, they made billions of dollars, those two, but. Fucking yeah, Full House. I think they're, are they making. It, it, was, it wasn't so much Full House as they, they had an empire that was the two of them where they just met shit out straight to video movies for young girls. This was before there was like a ton oh, of other kids' entertainment. No shit. Yeah, they, and they did concerts and all sorts of stuff. I um, put up this woman one time who was their nanny and said, like, and she was a musician. She uh-huh. was a, in a touring band and came through, and they stayed at my house when I was setting up shows in Madison. And great woman. I had, like, a like 24-hour super crush on this woman. Cool. Yeah. Super cool. And she was their nanny for a summer and basically said she had to go to the studio with Mary-Kate and Ashley. And, like, she was like, you would not believe when they would sing these songs for these movies and shit, like neither of them could like carry a tune to save their lives, of course. And they would just like fix it all, pitch shifted and fix it all in the studio. What a so. drag. So they were the first ones to kind of build a little bit of like a, they had like a direct to video. Oh yeah. They had a branded dynasty. A brand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
For sure. Huh. I mean, we're talking. So somebody was smart enough to be like 30 right, movies or something like that. You Tons of albums and concerts, you know, stadium concerts and shit like that. It's like, it's, it's like putting, it's like putting like chickens in a little cage and just making yeah. money off of them. Yep. I, I wouldn't mind. I, would, I, I mean, look what came nice. out on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> Two extremely warped and messed up yeah. kids, you know. I get money. Adults, yeah. Yeah. Right. The money, the Try to straighten it out. Yeah, now you can be a little less miserable. Spend the rest of your life trying to fix yourself. So um, this week for the sort of topic, we want to talk about subscription services. And the thing that prompted me to want to talk about this is um, I recently signed up for this thing called Carnivore Club. And it's like obviously targeted at men who love meat. And that is a, a very accurate description of me. I'm a man. I love meat. Uh, so I thought, like, yeah. even though I'd kind of gotten an, I don't know how you feel about subscription services, I'm kind of, like, I'm right teetering on the edge of being, like, all subscription services are bullshit, <laughs> which is a very ironic thing for me to say because I'm the founder of I a was subscription gonna say, service. I was just going to say, like, you own a subscription As you know, service. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, I am the founder of a subscription oral care service called Boca. That, so to me, a subscription service like... Boca, which delivers a toothbrush to your door exactly when you should be changing it, which is every three months, which most people in America don't do. It's like it it has a purpose as a subscription service. Right. And like you could say, yeah, I need a whole bunch of cured meat every three months. But so b- without um, saying any more about this carnivore club, I want you to try some of these sample, some of these meats. We got like okay. a, a wild boar. Smoky barbecue, summer sausage. This is um, a s- summer sausage. We've got like a bunch of venison jerky here. Do they make any claim? Like, what is their claim? Like, we go out and we curate the best. Like, that's what they say. Is that their thing? We're curating the best meats from independent providers from around the United States, and we send you like a different selection every month. All right. And I'm not going to tell you how much it costs because I don't want to bias you until. Yeah, because that's what I want to know at some point. And then over um, here, these things are never cheap. These these yeah. these fucking meat things. Because I've given like the bacon club as gifts. It, it, so that's I mean should be said as well. Like these things are normally gifts, right? Right. The subscription services because it's kind of a splurge. You don't you know you're not really yeah. Feel free to use the you're not really getting it for yourself. Um, I will say give this give that this often wild boar. Sausage here, a shot for sure. So, uh, subscription services on the whole, I will say it's a nice knife. Fucking oh. Ginsu shit here. Um, so my only the only things I'm subscribing to now are records. Um, okay, and I subscribe, and I've I've been a um since their very first um. Since they started, I've been a member of Vinyl Me Please hmm. monthly record, um, and I gotta say it's fucking killer. I think I've probably talked about it before. Um, they have, um, they press their, they do special releases where records are pressed solely for club members. So they'll do anything from like a, you know, a special like release of a Bonnie Vare record or all the way to like a, a Freddie Hubbard record reissue. Huh. Um, 
and it's really great. They come out with it. weekly. They have a um, a playlist that people that work there put together of new releases. It's really good. The records come. They're awesome. The records come with like an original piece of art. I could give a shit about the art or the fucking right. whatever. And it comes with like there's some bullshit to it too, which they have to do. It's like. You know, there's an original piece of art in a specially curated cocktail recipe for listening to the record. And you're like, well, fuck you. I'm going to drink vodka and, right. you know, I give That a feels shit. like too much work. It's horseshit. But, but the records are always really good. It's, it, but again, it falls in the, it's a little pricey. I think the records probably end up being like 25 bucks a throw, which, you know, Including I'll pay. shipping. Or plus shipping. Including shipping. That's not too bad. It's not that bad. Is it like 180 gram vinyl or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, most of, all of it is really, they're all really well made. Cool. Gatefolds, all kinds of crazy shit, so. You good? Um, I give subscription gifts. My parents always get a wine subscription for oh, me really? for every fucking thing, yeah. Because how do you buy for your parents? Yeah. They gave my mom a, like, Harry and David's Fruit of the Month subscription thing, which I think she actually loved. I mean, those, to me, are fruit like... Fruit of the Month. That's like an old-school subscription. You know what I mean? I'm I'm more referring to, like, the Birch Boxes and these sort of new subscription mm. services. Oh, I follow you. Yeah. Well, there's another new vinyl subscription service out. Um, that I've just signed up for. We'll see how that one goes. Um, does this come once a month? I think so. Is this? There's a lot of meat on here. It's a lot of meat. That's a lot for a month. Like I would, if I, like I would never buy this much cured meat in a month. <laughs> and I love, you know, right? Love cured meat, but like this is a lot. Jerky, though. Fucking jerky. If you're gonna if, go through that in a week, it, oh, I, in a day. Well, I, right. one one package of jerky is one sitting. That's right. one serving. Yeah, like however it's much like snacking it was. through the day, yeah. or just straight to the fucking head. This, I have to say, this jerky isn't bad. Ooh. what's this summer sausage here? Uh, is that the this one? That's this one. This peppery one. That I actually lo- really like that wild boar one. I don't know if you tried that. Oh, Not sweet. such a fan. Yeah, I like that one. To me, like there are a few of these things. I tried this. I hadn't opened this until you came. I thought this one was way too sweet, and yeah, I didn't really sweet. like the taste of it. The venison stuff I actually think is pretty good. So this stuff is comes from a place called Schaefer. Where does it say this? Schaefer Venison Farms Incorporated. Mm. And the wild boar. Oh, God. That venison one's great. It's also from Schaefer. Yeah. Yeah, that the venison stuff is actually pretty good. So my... Okay, just to say... So how many months have we gotten this? Just once. I actually didn't do it as a subscription because I've been so burnt by so many subscription services that I decided to like just do it as a one-time a la carte thing. <laughs> so you got to tell me what you got burned on. I think Birchbox is bullshit, honestly. I mean, that being said, Birchbox has like taken a lot of Boca stuff, and they've been a great partner to us. So, like, oh. <laughs> but I personally, I feel like Birchbox is so hit or miss. 
because there's so much stuff that I just don't use. This is where I, uh, I've I never like, done that. I, I thought that was honestly, the, I thought it was for the, women. The random, oh, there's a birch box man. Uh, of course there is. I mean, I'm not surprised, um, but, but the randomness of it, like sometimes I would get a box and be like, open up and be like, this is all, I would never use any of this stuff. And sometimes I would open it and be like, this is an amazing value. Mm. So, and I know like some people really love that, like surprise and delight, but I just got to a point where it's like, I don't want all this stuff just like junking up my house. Yeah. Like I already have too much stuff in my medicine cabinet. Like the last thing I want is like a box showing up every month that like fills my medicine cabinet full of like shaving products that I want to use because I've got like, I've dialed in my shaving thing. You're yeah. Right. You've got your game and, and yeah. And like that feels colognes yeah. and and it's all sample shit and then you're like it's, it's you, all samples and you yeah and you feel bad because you paid for it so you don't want to throw it away. What's the point if you fuck? I mean, if you got it, you right. want to use it. But then, yeah, that uh, that would never work for me. And the wine thing, like we did a wine subscription when I way back in the day, like you know, fifteen, eighteen years ago when I lived in California, and it, it got to the point where it's like part of the fun for me is like going to the wine store and picking out the wine. Yep. You know, I don't want someone like picking it for you, picking it for me and sending me these wines that I may or may not want. Yeah, it's true. I I think the wine, there's so many different wine ones you can do. Like, I feel like you can get your hands on some wines that you may not be able to. I mean, I don't know. Fucking wine distribution now is so widespread and huge. Like you can fucking get good wine. I mean, we're in Minnesota. Like miles from wine country, right? And I mean, I mean, lot eighteen. You can you can get which lot eighteen does have a subscription component, but so what I want to do is I just bought this at the co-op, and I wanted to see like you know this spicy like this yeah. is like a Minnesota made thing. Uh, this it's called Red Table. I got it just at the co-op. And I was like, okay, this is like a cured meat thing. What if I had just bought this instead of doing... So this carnivore club thing was 50 bucks For one throw. For one throw. $50. Um, and there's what? One, two, three, four. It's like five things. Five things. That's not that bad. Because jerky's fucking expensive. So that's not that, that's not that bad. It's more, I mean, I don't know. So this is, um, this red table, we got this spicy fennel and garlic salami that I got just at the wedge. It's fucking fucking good, right? Yeah. Really good. So, like, I could have just spent my money. Once again, it's all about, like, where do you want to spend your time and your effort? Like, do you want to go pick these things out yourself? Do you Mm -hmm. want to discover these things yourself? Or do you want to get stuff that you never would have discovered? So I guess it's like, it depends on what you want and what your vibe is and where your priorities are. But I have to say, when I saw this red table thing, I was like, that, like, that's my jam right there. I know I'm going to like this spicy salami. Amazing. Really fucking good. Made locally. So it just made me think like, I don't need carnivore club. I just need to go to my co-op. Yep. For me, like the record club thing is kind of um I kind of like getting surprised by it um right and seeing what they send and it get, it sends me something that I probably wouldn't have picked yeah you know at least 50% of the time 
actually more than that, three quarters of the time, it's something that I would never have bought for myself, you know? Um, so I like it for that. We do. Oh, so here's another subscription service that I just thought of. Um, speaking of Birchbox, my brother-in-law, Matt, buys my dog, Stanley, the Bark Box. Bark Box, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Which is kind of brilliant because that is a variety-seeking category. Yeah. Like, you want different treats. You want different toys. You want yep. different shit for your dog. But, like, it's a pain in the ass. It costs a lot of money to it's, go to the dog it does. pet store and get that shit. Yep. And but the bark box is a, a, a small fortune. I swear to God, I think it's like fucking. I think it's like thirty five dollars a month, or forty dollars a month. Which how how much is that? That's like fucking four hundred dollars a year. Yeah, that's insane. Like what the hell are you do- like? We would never. He, I would never. His brother that. got you that. Yeah, he get. It, this is the second year in a row he's gotten it for him. Jesus. I know. Like, I would never get that for my dog. He'd get, like, an old fucking sneaker. See, this, like, sorry to go back to this meat thing, but I can't stop eating this That's red table thing. a bad motherfucker. Thing. Oh, my God. That's a bad this... motherfucker. It's got a lot of fat in it. Red table, chets, spicy, fennel, and garlic salami. I mean, I take this whole thing down in one sitting with some crackers. A little hot little mustard. Cheese. Yeah. Hot mustard. You like Coleman's? Coleman's, like that English mustard, that it's the kind of Chinese type of. I don't like mustard in general. I can tell you, if it's mixed, if it's mixed into a dressing, I'm not a mustard guy or a ketchup guy. What the fuck? I'll I'll ketchup. All right, whatever. I I don't get how you cannot be a ketchup. Like, are you? What do you? So, what do you do on fries? Have a mental block around what I do on fries. Just mayonnaise. Or like a Sri Rasha aioli or something? Because that's at every fucking McDonald's? I mean, what do you do? I don't go to McDonald's. I don't either, but I'm saying, like, if you go, like... Not that there's anything wrong with McDonald's. No. Go fucking eat at McDonald's if you want. For you're sure. smarter if you go there for breakfast, because their breakfast is, like, a shit. And their fries are fucking delicious. Yeah. But, like, I don't... I just eat fries without ketchup. I... Oh, wow. God damn, man. Um, mustard, though. Huh. No mustard. I don't get it. Many uh, like really good <laughs> ham and cheese sandwich has been ruined by putting mustard on it. <laughs> I hate going to places like especially like a good. You're at like a French restaurant. It's like oh we have a ham and brie sandwich with some fucking mustard on it. I'm like ugh. God damn it with the mustard, huh? Yeah, fuck the mustard. The big like smear of whole Put, grain. Like, some avocado spread. Heavy or something on that shit. Oh Jesus. Spicy avocado. Wow, weird. Mustard's There's amazing. There's a uh, Hope uh, brand that they have at Whole Foods that has a spicy avocado hummus. Oh, my God. Really? So good. Huh. When, love when love I got it, this thing at Costco, like a thing that looked like the fucking Trump Tower <laughs> of this <laughs> Hope spicy avocado hummus from Costco when Kaya was here. We took that thing down in like three days. No, seriously? It was so fucking good. Neither of us could stop eating it. So goddamn good. So, if you're at Costco or you're at Whole Foods, keep an eye out for it's got this big yellow logo, Hope, yellow on the label, spicy avocado hummus. Just go for the biggest one you can find. Because you will go through it. If you like spicy things, 
and you like chips yeah. or like I, I would yeah. put it on all my sandwiches. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's so avocado good. hummus. That's a weird mix of like like. So you got chickpeas and avocado. Yeah. It's all good. Wow. All good for you. Good oh for yeah, it's great for it's all. It's really yeah. good for you. Yeah. Um. Huh. All right. I'll I'll take you up on that. I buy hummus all the time. So. All right. So. Um. Yeah. You know. I, I don't, don't know. know. I mean. Subscription services. Subs- I feel like we're ending up in kind of a more neutral like. Case by case basis. It's a case by case basis for sure. Like there, there's, this feels good considering I, like you're I said, safe. I run a subscription yeah, you're service s- business. You're here. safe. So yeah, we're not saying it's a blanket horseshit right. operation. We also, I will say, in in the defense of our subscription service, I hate it when they make it hard. You, like you have to call someone to cancel your subscription. Oh we, yeah, you can cancel your Boca subscription right on the website. You were working on making it like much more customizable and editable. Yeah, it was like a we're limited by the website right now. But we also have a, a store where you can just purchase a la carte, which is great. That's the best thing about it. That's where I roll. Yeah, is there because the toothpaste is amazing. This is it's about, about to get a lot better. The toothpaste. Yeah, we're about to redo the toothpaste, and it's going to be game changing. Oh, it's already. We have a new killer. new technology. Uh, oh, nice. I I should say it's an ingredient, but it, the, it benefits from these ingredient. This new ingredient is going to be off the charts good. So anyway, oh, rad. Enough about that. Um, Let's talk some more about movies and yeah. Well, and I, don't, I mean, yeah. This the this thing. I don't know. I, Fifty bucks a throw. Like I'm doing something else with fifty bucks. You know what's yeah. going to happen? You know what the next one? God, man, and it's it, it will it will not be. I mean, obviously, we got to wait for for Trump to get elected. But um, <laughs> once that happens, then it's the weed of the month club, right? When you get the fucking weed, like that. Can you imagine what that shit is going to be like? When they you got, got like, do they already have something like that in Colorado? Oh, there's got to be. I or mean, in Washington State, there's or... got to be. I, I, I don't. I'm sure you can't. Well, you must be able to ship it. State in the state. Who fucking know? Each each state is so different with the way that they deal with weed. Like, you know, some have – some allow edibles, some don't. Some let you do this. Some let you do that. Like, they're all different. Um, shipping I, – I don't know how you would ship it because FedEx must have a blanket like we don't ship drugs. So you yeah. think Trump's just going to take that shit over and like <laughs> no, make it a federal business? No, I don't know. No, I'm or just he's just going to create his own. He's going to have Trump Jr. create his own Ganjapreneur oh, empire. Whatever it takes, man. I would uh, the the weed of the month club. I want to get in on the fucking green rush, man. Yeah. I'm looking to yeah. Just do it. Just start getting ready. Because you know, I mean, look at the look at the marriage equality stuff. You know Minnesota's not going to be that far behind. It's already locked up, though, here. Really? Bachman's. He's got it locked. So Bachman's is a local nursery. Uh, they're enorm- They're the biggest nursery in the Twin Cities. And um, one of the sons of the original Bachman is a, um, he's a medical doctor. And um, he 
they invested like a shit ton of money in greenhouses and they're already grown weed. So in Minnesota, like you can, you can get one type of distilled marijuana oil. If you have like one fucking like sickle cell anemia or something, you can't get it for fucking cancer. You can't get it for AIDS. You can't get it for every fucking thing you're supposed to have it for, but like one stupid thing you can get it for. So like, in Minnesota, there That's is random. It, it's super random, but medical marijuana is in use in the state in like a super fucking small sliver. But when it, like dude is is ready to he's ready hit to go. flip the switch. Yeah. Still though, that's just one. It's true, man. It's true. What do I do? Do I just start fucking growing it in the backyard and just be ready? Or what you need to do is get a big safe. Be the logistics guy. Run security, run transportation. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. Man. Just start talking to a bunch of ex-military guys. Yeah, exactly. Just get a Rolodex. Just get the Rolodex of, <laughs> like. Start hanging out at VFWs <laughs> and shooting ranges and bars. and Yeah, and just start, yeah, getting ready for the fucking green rush. But I, I would like, I want to sink fucking 10 grand or, not that I, who knows what I have, but... I want a hundred dollars. I want to go invest it in fucking some kind of dispensary or some shit. shit they're making money hand over fist. These fucking places. It's no doubt. Fucking wild west. And it's all cash. I've been to probably five, six different dispensaries and they do not take fucking credit cards. They do not like it's only fucking cash. And I've only like bought something a couple of times. Um, and I'm only, I'm not a big weed guy. Like I did it just to check it out to see what it was. The whole thing was like, I go and check and look at them and see, you know what the business is like, but they just have a cash machine in the front lobby and you pay fucking cashish for the hashish and you're, that's it. There's no fucking credit cards there. Right. You know, in San Francisco, it's been there forever and they roll, you know, it's a great place to rob. Right. Great place to rob. Rob the fucking... Rob the well, That's how they club. have, like, deep fucking security. I mean, that's what... They only let, like, a few people in at a time in the one in Oakland that I've seen... That's right. ...profiled or whatever. Same in Colorado. Yeah. You wait in line. Like, you sit in the waiting room. You're like, are you shitting me? And it's exactly what you'd expect. Just a bunch of, you know, dudes in fucking bathrobes. And it's like Brad Pitt and fucking True right. Romance. Great role, by the way. Yeah. R.I.P. Tony Scott. Um, so you were talking about the delight of receiving some music that you hadn't through your record subscription, your vinyl subscription. Mm-hmm. So I have to say, have you been, uh, have you fucked with the Discover Weekly from Spotify? Oh, funny you should say that. Um, only in the last, like, three or four months, the last four months I have. So much to, I've been able to figure out like their fucking labyrinth of where they bury that fucking thing. So (laughs) well done pops up for me. Every time I open the app, it's right there. No, it's like, it's, it's in like, you got to go to browse and then you have to like, no, 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 no. It's right there with my fucking picture on it. I, I feel that we've done. Are you serious? Really? Yeah. 
I'll show I you right now to prove it to you. Because um, I can, I can, I got turned onto it from like a friend who he's like, he's like, ah, oh, let me just hit my thing, and I was like, I'm like, dude, we don't, we don't do that. We don't just hit it's right there. The right Spotify the Discover Weekly, right at the top, with my fucking. So you went to your right library. No, I didn't do anything. I didn't go to your library. At the bottom, see where you like choose the. Normally, like, um, and at the top, it's Discover Weekly. I yeah, I rarely use it on my phone. Um, yeah, it's like it's also my recently played. I mean, I wouldn't have had to click anything if I had just looked down. But so Discover it, Weekly is that the that's the one that's made it's per- dynamic. It's yeah. dynamic, okay? Yeah. Because they have like a sh- they have thirty playlists that right. they make weekly. The the one the the one though that that is I think the one that is pure gold is the Discover Weekly that's made dynamically for you. It's entirely personalized for you based on your listening history and the things that you've been checking out. I, I will say I have to fucking agree. Like it is one hundred percent gold. I have to agree, and I so, hate to because I, I fucking hate Spotify. I am someone who struggles to discover new music. Oh yeah, and feel relevant. Like okay, I know what's going on in the world. It is the perfect blend of new music that I'm like, oh shit! Like I've never like starred so many songs and like saved so many songs for later in my life. And then it's but what they do is every like three or four tracks they throw in. A track, like, something off 69 Love Songs by Magnetic Fields. Like, oh, shit, I haven't listened to this in forever, and this is so good. So they also get you with, like, the stuff that they know you like that you haven't been listening to. You're you're totally right, and I I hate to like it, but I do. And, in fact, I was listening to it this morning and in the shower and, like, popped it on. And it was on shuffle and just whatever. The first song that popped up was a Jets to Brazil. And I was like, I haven't fucking listened to Jets to Brazil in 10 years if I put on. Like, I would never think to put that on. And I used to love that band. Mm-hmm. I used to listen to them all the time. I'm like, how the fuck would they? I mean, obviously, they got deep algorithms. And, yeah. you know, but that's the, the brilliance of the algorithm right there. Yeah, it's Blake Schwarzenbach in your ear holes in the morning. You're right though, man. It's it's yeah, he's right there while I'm showering. Um it, it's it's really fucking good. I, I I can't I can't deny. Um though I am very much looking forward to um Amazon's about to launch a competitor and so is Pandora. Really? Yep. Um, I thought that was like, I thought we were in mature. We were down to like two players. No, yeah. no, no. Pandora is getting ready to launch their their competition, which, to be honest, is pretty quick because they just bought RDO like a, well, about a year ago now. Hmm. Um, and Amazon, you know, whatever they can fucking do whatever they want at any time. Um. It's their usability is in their interface is what's right. going to suck. At know? some point, they need to get away from like everything. You browse everything through our fucking website e-commerce interface. Oh my god, <laughs> I know. I, mean, I know. Once like, you get into the Amazon Video so app on the iPad, but yeah, getting to videos through their website is so annoying. Oh, when you're in the Amazon abysmal. video app, whether you're on like a PlayStation or a set top box or you're on the whatever iPad, you're on, fine. whatever device, it's you're fine. fine. It's much yeah. better. But accessing the shit through their website. Oh, 
it's so painful. Unbelievably bad. Yeah. So that's my fear with their like you know, with their streaming service is that they're gonna I have that's, no idea. that's how Apple that's why I got rid of Apple music was that you know, you could never find you can't even find it. You, like I don't even know how it fucking works. Well, iTunes, they've been just fucking slowly murdering iTunes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The new I hate to say it, but the new podcast interface drives me a little bit fucking crazy. And you know, like, yeah, I'm listening to podcasts every single day. All oh day, yeah, every day. Right. Yeah. Uh, what are you gonna do, Tim? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully they pull out of the nosedive on iTunes, but they're, they're, maybe they're, they're maybe they're behind the, the scenes working on some sort of complete sea change that's just gonna completely yeah. Fucking my tunes. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Some, yeah. Hopefully there's something. Um, another quick recommend for those out there that are always looking for interesting stuff. Um, also sort of a callback to, I mean, we always talk about sci-fi. I guess it's not really a callback, but there's a new original Netflix sci-fi film called ARC, A-R-Q, ARC. Um, it's a, like an indie sort of sci-fi film. It's, it's worth checking out. Yeah. It's definitely good. Nice. God. They're just, uh, so they're sci-fi f- feature. Yeah. Feature length film. Um, fucking Netflix. Yeah. It's really good. It's like uh sort of time travel, time loop kind of more conceptual thing with a small amount of characters set in one location. Really? But it's like keeps you riveted the entire time. Has some like twists and turns and surprises. Well acted, well written, tight. You know, good like hour forty five minutes or whatever. Okay, nice. Action. Yeah, it's really good. Arc is it A-R-Q. new? It's brand new. I think it came out like last week, late last week. I watched it this last weekend. How did you come across it? I knew that they had a sci fi movie coming out, and I was interested. You know, because I'm a big sci fi guy. But this is more of like a conceptual sci fi than like a. There's no spaceships or anything in this. Okay. It's more like a dystopian sort of conceptual thing. Okay. So for those that people who like stuff like Gattaca or, um, Oh God, what's the, what was the independent film where they had those guys had that box and there was the time travel thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Oh, I always forget the name of this. Yeah. I, I forgot the name of it like two episodes ago when I tried to talk about it as well. <laughs> I'm the worst about this film. I'm going to like go memorize this thing and forever, like tattoo it on the inside of my arm. <laughs> it was like a huge surprise, like indie sleeper hit. Yeah. Um, the gift. It's not the gift. That was that, but that was another box. Angelina Jolie, fucking handing out a box with a, with a big fucking "You're dead" inside. Somebody um, was saying that she's Primer. Primer. Primer is the name of it. Yeah. Won the grand jury at Sundance in 2004 when it came out. Really? Shane Carruth, director. Huh. Um, and after that, he did Upstream Color. I oh, saw that. I did see that. Yeah. That was a weird film. It was a weird film. Um, so you know what's coming out? Um, 
in next week is um, that documentary. I don't know if you've seen this about Danny Fields called no. Danny Says. So uh-uh. Danny Fields um, was described. I mean, he's he's a well known. Um, like he, he was described two years ago by the New York Times as being like that punk rock would not exist if it wasn't for Danny Fields. Hmm. He was this, um, you know, he, he was a a DJ for a long time who he signed and managed the Stooges. He signed and managed the Ramones. He, he, wow. he managed Jim Morrison Crazy. and the Doors. He managed the signed and managed the MC five. Um, signed and managed the Velvet Underground. Wow. Um, like this guy was like seminal and like so many, and then in produced records and um, he's, he's shown up in a bunch of stuff. Like, I mean, like the MC five never in the Stooges, they're both, you know, they're Detroit and Ann Arbor, yeah. they're, they're Michigan bands. And, and they never would have gotten, Honestly, they wouldn't. We probably wouldn't know about them if it wasn't for Danny Fields. So wow, like it, which in turn, you music isn't what it is today without Iggy or the MC Five, right? right? So, um, anyway, somebody has finally come through and made the documentary about Danny Fields, um, and that is available, um, in uh, in a week, and it's it, it's a weird release, and which is super cool. Like it's going to have a theatrical release, but it's also going to be immediately on Amazon video and, um, and who, who knows where else, but they're just kind of like hitting all channels at once. And so that's one to check out for sure. Danny says, cool. Yeah. So real quick, uh, as we wrap up here, yeah. Westworld, you got high hopes. Oh, fuck man. What was, I, I want to, I'm, I'm a little burned after the, 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 the fucking like, what was that last bullshit motorcycle fucking like in the future no gun horseshit that oh. happened on AMC? Oh god, yeah. That fucking abortion. Oh, that show sucked, for sure. Um so I mean that show was just dumb. But this, I, is, this is taking a movie that was like a little had a cool concept that it didn't push far enough and like pushing it farther. That's one of the reasons why I'm sort of hopeful for it, because like yeah. I was like the first few minutes of Westworld, like the first like 20 minutes or so, I was like, oh my God, what an amazing concept. And then it just kind of like gets dragged out. Had to go into, right. Yeah. Had to go into its narrative and make a movie. So the it. idea that they're going to take that original concept and sort of explore it in more depth and sort of push it and modernize it a little bit, I think is interesting. It could suck. I mean, they have Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony. They've got some really good actors. Fucking lined couldn't up believe I saw him when I, in that trailer. How many times? When did he retire? Like fucking ten years ago. Something like that. Yeah. And then he shows he up in like the tax bill or something. Then he shows up in like you know, like him and fucking Robert De Niro. I think are just like finding like who can make the shittiest fucking movie, you know. And that, like, they just make garbage. Right. And then, who who fucking knows? Did Marlon Brando do that, too? I feel like he made a bunch of fucking garbage as well. What's with these people? Is it the same? he did, like, The Island of Dr. Moreau or something. Oh, that was great. I love that fucking movie. With, with, uh, with fucking, 
What's his face uh, with uh Yeah. The, with uh from real Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. And Fru is a bulk as like one of the creatures. I love that remake. Really? Yep. I love Come it. Come on. It's great. It's really good. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's not as good as The Island of Lost Souls, nor is it as good as Actually, it is as good as, so it's as like the fifth best movie based on that book. <laughs> no, it's the second. It's the second best. Island of Lost Souls is the best. That's that um, Marlon Brando Island of Doctor Moreau is the second best, and the third best is the Island of Doctor Moreau from the fifties, or actually, it was in the forties. That's the that's the order. Just in, just for the record, <laughs> <laughs> but people fucking hate that. That island of Dr. Monroe with Val Kilmer. People yeah. hate that fucking thing. It's not that good. They hate it. Everybody <laughs> hates it. I, I love mean, it. I, I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, at some, some later, later date, we'll have to get into why you actually like it. But. Yeah, I know. We, 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 should dig, we should dig a little deeper on that. Um, so What else you got? Let's, you got one more before we wrap this bad bitch up? One final gem. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm a little late to the party on this one, but I've been watching Billions on Showtime. Do you watch that? Mm-mm. We only watch um, Ray Donovan. So... Um, Billions is a show, um, sort of wire style. It follows both sides of this guy who is the district attorney of New York City and this guy who runs like a mega sort of hedge fund um, who plays fast and loose and uses a lot of sort of insider trading techniques. So it's got the guy from Homeland and Band of Brothers, the red-haired guy who's... Um, God, I'm the worst. Eric, Eric. Names. I feel like Eric is. No, I don't think so. Let me look up there. I like that. I like that guy. He's he's a good actor. Yeah, um, he's great. I'm glad to see him. Oh my God, he makes. He's one of the the best in uh, Band of Brothers. Oh man, yeah, he's so great in that. That's time for a rewatch on that. We need so, a, we need a research assistant. Don't you think? Somebody to the side, just fucking type just it. Fucking prepare like an a like a, an island of Doctor Moreau character, like animal over here that just fucking types and Google's shit. Are we not men? No, you're not. Uh, Damian Lewis is his name. Christ, and then never again. Uh, Paul Giamatti plays the district attorney, so he's this guy. Oh, nice uh, named Axe. Axelrod is his last name. It's called Axe Capital that he runs, and it's like the epitome of the sort of corruption and boys' club. And okay. it's like you know, um, take DiCaprio and that whole scene, and you know, modernize that a little bit for the current environment. And um, in a really sort of genius twist, Paul Giamatti's wife plays a therapist who works at this company sort of counseling these these guys who are these sort really? of like alpha male megalomaniacs who sort of like when they lose confidence and they get shaken in their f- sort of faith and their ability to like go out there and make millions and hundreds of millions of dollars she like helps them sort of get their mojo back 
but there, there's this really interesting dynamic in their relationship. So obviously they have this like firewall between like, he can't, they don't talk about Whoa. work, but he has a kink where he likes to be dominated by her. Cool. In this like weird, like you don't often see that sort of like kink play out in like no, a big show like that. So it's, it's really well done. I'm, uh, I would say three quarters through the first season. Uh, I don't even know if there's a second season yet, but um, it's good. It's well worth watching. It's well done. Nice. If you like that right. sort of like intrigue. And I mean, for it's not probably quite as um, uh, intricate as House of Cards, but it's like mm-hmm. approaching. If you are a House of Cards fan, you'll like this in the same way. All right. So good one. Really good actors across the board. Um, the woman who plays the wife is. Uh, the woman who was on Sons of Anarchy and played Jax's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. She was good. Yeah, she's good. Um, well, that's cool. I, I'm always interested in Showtime. They yeah. they take chances there that they wouldn't in HBO. And you can subscribe you know. to Showtime through a whole bunch of different places yep. now. Like, you can get it as part of your Hulu subscription. I got it as part of, like, an that's Amazon right. thing. Yep. So you can just manage that subscription and get it. So I watch it in the Amazon Video app, which is nice. Yeah. All right, cool. Billions. Yep. Pa- Paul Giamatti. Yeah, Paul Giamatti's the man. Oh my god, John Adams was yeah, fucking. John Adams was loved awesome. that. In I mean, I I was Sideways. sold on him. Yeah, I mean, Christ. Yeah, I was sold on him long before that, but well, not long before Sideways, but um, what, what's the one you, know, you the comic book movie? Planet of the Apes is where you really discovered his genius. <laughs> <laughs> He's totally the. Oh my god! Just how he in that ape costume, how he propped Marky Mark up for that film. Yeah, he carried it. He really yeah. did. No, I mean, he's he's great in everything that he's in. He's Isn't really he? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice Yale film school grad. <laughs> Speaking of baseball, yeah, his dad was like, "Yep, that's right." Had cheese of baseball for a long time. Yep. And also like a very high up muckety muck at Yale too. Did you see straight out of Compton? Yeah. A piece of shit. I thought it was all right. Fuck it's not like, a, it's not amazing filmmaking, but what I, what I appreciated about it was I, I didn't realize, like I knew the story for the most part, but what I didn't know is like the early part of easy E yeah. and like his whole career and how, he was the first one to really break out. I didn't realize that. I mean, it's it's like a good Wikipedia article. Yeah. Like, I mean, Paul Giamatti is just like it's one. It's such a waste of talent for him. You yeah, know? it's true. He's got to do do stuff like that so that he can go do some totally random. Hey, man, I'm not independent I'm, film. Absolutely, yeah. Where he gets paid nothing. Like, yeah. I I'm not I'm not casting aspersions on my man at all. Um. At all, because what, what's the what's the comic book movie again? Um, where he plays the um, the comic artist. Um, oh, Robert. Uh, it's, yeah, it's um. How can I not fucking remember this? It wasn't um, so was bad. It Crumb. It was the. It's one, not Crumb. It's um. But he that dude interfaces with our Crumb in that movie. He does. Yeah, it's the guy from. The middle of nowhere, Ohio, that wrote that comic book based on his life, and he was like a janitor. Jesus Christ. I can't believe it. He was I, great in that. So great. Love that movie. 
when you it's funny because now when you say comic book movie i immediately go to like jump to super like a superhero movie oh right yeah it was like what 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 movie was he in that was like (laughs) yeah no i don't think he looks good with his shirt off i'm guessing he has a shirt off a lot in uh in billions (laughs) you getting whipped pretty much yeah (laughs) good for him he uh I used to work with someone who was roommates with him in Yale Drama School. No way. Really good friends with him, yeah. Wow. And you know, That must have been... A- that's one of those, like, paths diverge, and one person, you know, the chips fall in the right places, and the other person, you know, you end up doing something completely different. Right. Who knows where life is going to take you. That's the truth. Speaking of which... Uh, let's wrap this up. Yeah, let's go take our lives. Life can take you someplace else other than listening to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, hopefully to review on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you as always for listening. Thank you to Kaya Fisher for the audio engineering assistance and support moral and otherwise. We'll see you next episode. See everybody. Bye.